Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds based off the role of a 20-sided die. I'm Jordan. I'm Cody. Hello, Cody. It's been a long while since we've talked, hasn't it? Jordan, we talked five minutes ago. Less than that, buddy. So <laughs> hopefully you all listen to the Ready Player One bonus episode. It's very fun. You find out that Jordan hates everything. And I yell at things. Yeah, I I just, I enjoy Ready Player One, but I hate everything. So it's fine. Um, so how have you been, Cody? Okay, check this out. My birthday and my brother's birthday are coming up. So we have a combined birthday because we don't live in the same place. So we drive, meet each other, whatever, having a combined birthday. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do something crazy this year. I'm going to make my brother a birthday present. And I decided to make him a chess set out of wood because I've been getting into woodworking. That's amazing. Freaking never make a chess set. It's the worst thing in the world. And I hate everything. And I'm not going to sleep tonight so I can finish it. That's how I'm doing. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh yeah no i wanted to make a chess set because i can easily do it on a cnc mill or a lathe so um yeah i've wanted to do that because i have other skills that don't require to be good at woodworking but <laughs> anyways good luck with that definitely send me a picture of that when you're done with it because i'm really interested in it yeah i'm gonna send you a bunch of pictures and, and i guess i can crying. post it on the world shop twitter that we don't have we don't have a Twitter. Jordan, you're supposed to be managing our Dude, social media. Six people watch. Okay, A, I do everything. B, six people watch this show. You do every, to this I show. show up every week and oh, lacklusterly. Every other week more like it or okay. every three weeks, depending okay. on how you're feeling. All right. <laughs> it's not how I'm feeling. I volunteer at a high school. I help I don't think you heard the phrase I kept saying at the last episode. Nerd rage. <sighs> All right. I have nerd rage. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Are you hangry right now? Do you need to like go get a Twix or something or a Kit Kat? No, I'm, I'm not hangry. I, I'm all cool. So um, I'm doing good. Work's just been a little busy, but you know, can't get into that. Um, haven't gotten anything back from my sleep study. It's fine. But really quickly before we get into the actual episode, what have you been reading, writing, watching? I have an answer to this, and it's embarrassing. Well, I have I have two answers to this. Go for it, dude. It's probably a romantic novel. It it's been a lot of romance novels lately. I've just been on oh, a okay. kick. We, we're not opening that can of worms. Just no, hang on. Did I talk to you about the? Did I talk last week about the one set in space? No, Cody. Okay, no. So I started listening to this romance novel called Starflight that is legitimately a pretty fun space adventure that has a lot of kissing, and I really like it. It's. It actually has, like, a fun world that makes me want to go adventure in space and kiss people. This is, like, the scene in the horror movie where, like, there's something behind the door. You don't know what it is yet. So you're slowly reaching to the handle. You open it. Then all hell breaks loose. That is how I feel every time I ask you what you've been watching. It's a can of worms. Let me tell you, this, this one was good. Like, I'm not, and I'm not, like, lying about it or telling you it's... No, that one was also good. You know what's Ugh. not good? The book I... Well, uh, the the book after the book after I just read, right? So there's a book in between these two that I've listened to. <laughs> but the the third book in this string... Well, it's actually the fifth. But anyways, the fifth book in this string of romance novels that I've been listening to, which I just finished today, was so bad. And I don't know why I kept listening to it. But do you want me to break it down for you? Because it gets a little blue. But it's pretty yeah, funny. Very quickly, though. Okay, check it out. Check it out. Here's what happens. There's what this the... girl whose mom yep. is in a harem for a king. Of Sometimes course. this king has magical offspring. But because of it's a patriarchal society, if you're a woman and you have magic, they castrate you. Because they're sex witches that having sex makes their, their magic more powerful. So, so, oh she's, God, a, so she's a sex <laughs> witch who... <laughs> So she's a sex witch who <laughs> you has can't avoided say this detection. Because this isn't something that you can say with the stream. Shut yeah, up! So she's a finish. sex witch. She, she screws to gain magical powers. And it's awesome. I get to read long stories about how his rod slid deep in her ham wallet. It yeah, really is really, and despicable, Cody. It really is a lot feel like disgusting that. Let me and finish. despicable, Cody. <laughs> Let me finish. That's just the, that's the that's the setup. So the whole book is about her kind of at the beginning. She like trades places with her brothers all the, the time. Who's training the magic. Be, shut up. 
So she trades places with her brother who's training to be a soldier. So she's learned how to fight and she's really independent and competent and like self-assured. So then eventually her dad decides he has to sacrifice her because none of his kids have magic anymore. And he thinks that sacrificing her will appease the gods. And she's like, screw that. And she runs away. Right. Great. Because she's a strong, independent woman that doesn't need a man. Yep. She hides on like the back of a wagon. Gets drug out to the middle of nowhere. They rip open the back of the wagon and she's all like half starved and dehydrated and like stumbles off the wagon. And this guy's like, who's that girl? I'm going to sell her into prostitution. Give her power. Well, no, he's like, I'm going to make her a prostitute. And she's like, no, I don't want to be a prostitute. And he's like, yeah, you're going to be a prostitute. And then this character who is set up as being, I don't need no man is immediately rescued by guys. Like that just yeah. right away. She's just like, no, I need a man. Re- you are reading that type of novel and you're surprised? Well, I, it bothered me when it was like this character is supposed to be set up to be like strong and independent. And then the first thing that happens to her is she is rescued by men. It's like a as soon as she leaves novel. Home, she needs to be rescued by men. So she gets rescued by these hot, these hot brothers. Right. And, yes, and then, huh? Just keep going. Are you getting a bad feeling in your stomach? About yes, I'm getting a, just a pit. <laughs> yeah. Just a disgusting pit because I don't want to hear this. Keep yeah, going. it gets worse. <laughs> so she she gets rescued by this group of hot brothers that all decide they need to start having sex with her because she's a sex witch. <laughs> My mother is going to listen to this, Cody. <laughs> no, let me finish. She like, never mother, uses magic. Cody. My <laughs> she, never uses magic so she just has sex a lot yeah like she uses magic at the very end of the book and it's described so like briefly i missed it i like forgot she used magic cody you just read an erotic novel and you are (laughs) no it was a romance novel they're different no i'm done with you i'm never opening this can of worms again i'm done i'm done with you i finished I'm done. No, but look, she can communicate with people telepathically. I don't know why, I don't but she can. Care what she could do, Cody. And then she has the, the brothers fly dragons. The, the brothers fly dragons, and they can talk to the dragons. And the she dragons doesn't have are sex with the dragons, does she? No, but she can communicate with this brother that can't talk, but he can communicate telepathically. But so can she for some reason. Um, yeah. Oh, what else happens? I think that's really about it. It's it's I, basically just a story about her like being a special chosen one, but never using any of her superpowers. Okay. So you know, like <sighs> first off, I'm an African American, and my people are <laughs> I didn't the know type that, of people. Jordan. My people that are, are the type of people that in horror movies like don't go in there. They yell stuff out. I heard those voices screaming at me not to ask you that question, and I still did it. I'm just like every dumb blonde in the horror movie. I'm the Freddy of the group, where it's like, hey, let's split up. I'm an idiot, and you know what? It's just, I'm still nerd region, so that's why I'm a little sassy right now, but dude, what is wrong with you? I don't know why I didn't stop listening to it. Like, I've quit on other novels that stop, were that just bad. Stop the book. You don't have to finish every book. I don't man. I've stopped other books. Like, I already stopped a book that was like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer knockoff, and it was just boring. But for some reason, this one, I'm like, well, I've gotten three hours into it. I guess I'll figure out where no, this goes. And dude, then I got to the end, and I was like, oh, jeez, this is really bad. Like 30 hours. You don't need to read every book, man. Yeah, it was... It was okay, bad. We're, we're, I'm, cl- I'm closing the door on you, dude. That was... Ugh, I can't. I can't, man. So what I, mean, I have been watching, reading, or do... Ugh, gosh. Dude. Okay, so... It was bad. Wait, anyways, what have you been watching? Um, I have been... I So I decided to take a day... Well, A, you know, I've watched Ready Player One. Like, I have very few, like, social interactions during the week because I'm busy at work and... Well, not social. I have very few like moments where I can like sit down and watch or read something during the week because I'm busy at work. I'm busy editing. I'm also working on the projects that I talked to you about last week, so I'm busy with those. But so I watched the Ghost in the Shell animated movie that they released in 2015 or 16, based off the anime Ghost in the Shell: Arise. It was good. I'm happy with it because it was not the Scarlett Johansson movie. So I felt like I got some closure because I didn't have to watch that terrible movie again. It was the usual confusing Ghost in the Shell, so I'm probably going to have to watch it again, but it was fun. Lots of cool action scenes. 
The main character wasn't like, am I human or am I robot? She didn't like hire a prostitute just to touch her face. She didn't do that. It was cool. She was tough like she was supposed to be in the anime. And it was it was just good fun. And I love watching things with strong female characters. I love watching things with just strong characters who make independent decisions and figure things out on their own. And aren't just having sex to make their magic. Hang on. Does Cody, she I'm end up with a harem of sex husbands? Like sex brother husbands? <laughs> no. no. No, but anyways, like they actually. Are you sure? Because that's really cool. Section nine in Ghost in the Shell is made up of like seven different characters. They actually each had their own involvement in the case that they were working on. They actually each did something special, and it wasn't just like, oh, hey, here's these characters back in the background that are just shooting things. So, I enjoyed the Ghost in the Shell animated movie. It's just called Ghost in the Shell: The New Movie. It's like. The American title sucks, but so I would say it's called Ghost in the Shell: The New Movie. Yes, Cody. Wow, that's yeah, bad the, naming. The, the American title sucks because they because they were releasing the live action, so they couldn't have them both called Ghost of the Shell the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was. That's the only thing that and Ready Player One. Um, I got to get back to editing this podcast. So honestly, I sit down and listen to our podcast. It actually it's fun listening back and hearing our stories again because they are kind of fun the second time around. But yeah, so that's what I've been doing. Um, I guess we can get into it because I have kind of a longer world this week. Last week was... I'm blanking right now. We Last week talked. was the oh. week where we talked at length about nothing. Yeah, we did. Because we, we hadn't seen each other had, three weeks. Last week was the week where we had a bro week, which that's going to get edited down, but whatever. Uh, last week was supposed to be 50 years after a natural disaster. And yeah. I had the world... That was hit by a meteor strike, and Cody had the really realistic, but bleak, but also really well done world of um, basically all the trees die because of the um, ash borer. Emerald ash borer. Emerald ash borer. So this week is the world of magic only. I kind of made a very lengthy world. I really like what I did with it, and I'm excited to tell you about it and tell everybody who listens to this about it. And yeah. We get to roll for initiative and see who gets to embarrass themselves first. All right, I'm ready. I want to go first this time. Like you've been going second. Yeah, like, I've, every I've time. gone first like three times in a row. So. Oh. Oh my see. god. What? What you roll? One. Oh yeah, I rolled a ten. I was like dead in the middle. No, Jordan. That means I go first. I beat no. your initiative. Oh. Yeah. I thought. Oh wait. Yeah, you go. The first. person who rolls higher goes first. I rolled Gosh, a ten. I, don't I go know first. Why I... Oh, yeah, I don't... All right, you ready for my world? You ready for this? Oh, shoot, I need to pull open something. Hang on. <laughs> but that also means you get the roll at the end, and if you roll another one or a 20, I'm going to punch you. Well, <laughs> oh, I'm yeah, going it does to jump get to through the, the phone, I'm going to punch you straight in the throat. I don't understand why you're so upset. You know, you're just... You're always very angry, Jordan. Oh, you need yeah, to calm no, down. I, like, I think anger is just in my bones. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a um, part of who I am. All right, so the the name of my world. Oh, and just so everybody knows, the themes the theme for our worlds this time was only magic. So this is a world magic where there is I, only magic. I did magic. say that, Gody. Did you? I'm a good host. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I didn't hear you say it. I wasn't paying attention. My you bad. don't pay attention when I speak. I get it. So my world is titled the games. That's what my little section here sorry, is can called. Can you say that again? The gang, G A N G. The games. The games. games. Okay. Games. Um, all right. So as far as the kind of geography of the planet, it's a fairly small planet. Um, oh, you're not basically, starting with a voice? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Well, this that, is different That was this our time. dynamic. You do fun voices and I'm angry. What is yeah, this? Yeah, but you, but you said my worlds were over. too bleak. So I'm trying to make my worlds more fun this time. So it's, okay, it's a little go. bit more lighthearted. All right. My, world, my world's fun, but it's more lighthearted. So... The planet itself is almost not worth talking about because everything is constantly shifting and changing because yeah, of how much magic that? there is in the world. Huh? No, just go what? on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just said you can do that because I like took like 10 minutes trying to like, how does my world look? Oh, yeah. No, it, it changes constantly. And I will explain why once we kind of get to the people. So gravity exists, but... It kind of doesn't matter because a lot of... Oh, by the way, magic users in my world called mages, just so when I say... Anyways, so mages in the world have the ability to 
fly a lot of times, so gravity is kind of almost meaningless. Um, physics can be changed on the whim of people, so a lot of the physical makeup of the world is pretty trivial and changes constantly. There are stars in the sky, but again, those are manipulated by magic, so the night sky will change and swirl constantly, um, almost like a painting done by mages, so the world itself is kind of an expression of magic, right? The plant life in the world is, again, but for one exception that we'll talk about later, is pretty unimportant there are forests there are grasslands but there isn't really any farming because there's not a need for it given that magic exists there's not a lot of need for people to plant stuff to be eaten so they just don't they can magic their own food into existence crap i Um, didn't even think of that yeah so this is a world that basically exists beyond needing anything people are magical enough to create food and to create shelter and to create and purify water. So basic human needs are assumed in this world. No one really has to work at those. So the world is not built around trading those things. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. The animal life, though, is a little bit different. The only sentient race on the planet are humans, but there are things called shift beasts. And shift beasts are... Unique in that even when the world magically changes, they are always able to adapt to stay alive and to stay dangerous. Oh. So these are creatures that hunt people that use magic, which is basically everybody. Um, And they themselves have magical abilities. Like I said, no matter where you are, they're able to kind of morph to be dangerous in that environment. So So they are basically the apex predator. They are... The xenomorph alien to your metaphor. Xenomorph is pretty accurate. They're not necessarily the apex predator in that they do feed on humans, but they're not like... I'm trying to think about the right way to put this. They're not impossible to kill like an like the xenomorph from aliens, right? They're not a almost supernatural force of death, but it means that if you're wandering in the wilds alone, you have to be on your guard because so these are- things will attack you. So are these things sentient, or are they pretty... No, they're not. So they're just wild beasts that kill. Honestly, Xenomorph is a very good analogy for them that I didn't think of, but that kind of adaptability and danger is is pretty accurate for what they are. You know, like the movie Aliens, right? A group of humans can kill a Xenomorph, but if you're one-on-one against one of them, it's going to be be dangerous because they are magically able to adjust their bodies to be deadly to you. So if you're in the sky... They'll have wings. If you're beneath the ground, they'll burrow. You know what I mean? Um, So they're kind of a constant threat that people do have to work against. But that's that's about the only thing in the world that's going to kill people unnaturally aside from old age. Um, Okay, so now we're going to talk about societies, which is really kind of the meat of this. Magic in this world is divided into different, we'll call them magical societies. There's six of them. And these are kind of like schools of magic, but what they more are is the way your personality expresses magic so, kind of determines where you end up. So is the division kind of like in Avatar The Last Airbender where it's like fire, wind, water, metal, stuff like that? Or is it more of, kind like, of? Or is it more of a grouping of like you can do these types of things? Like, I don't know. Just you explain and then I'll see if I understand. It is less about specifically what abilities you have. Like everyone can make food magically and can summon things and do this stuff. What it's more about is when a person starts focusing on what they want to do with their magic, it's an expression of their personality. It's almost like an art form. Okay. This is kind of more of what school of art you are going to be in. Are you a musician or are you a painter? That okay. is more of the difference between these two things. Everyone that's magical can draw can like draw with a pencil, but the question is, do you write lyrics or do you draw a picture? Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. So it's less about your abilities and more about what you want to use your abilities to do. So we're going to run down the list of magical societies. The, the first way you one, set this up um, and talk about it is kind of the way I did Dragon World. It, it is not dissimilar, but hang on. So <laughs> the first like, I one, I have fire dragons, and this dragon is that. And you're like, oh, we have these different schools. Well, shoot, now there's going to be more. 
This is a dragon world, Jordan. There aren't business oh, dragons. It's a comparison. I'm the one who has nerd rage. You can't get mad. Jordan, there are kind of business wizards, actually, now that Woo! I'm going through my list. <laughs> um, so, the first group, so the first group are the cloud dancers, and their motto is, what goes up never comes down. Oh, my God. So the cloud dancers are, they're idiots is what they are. <laughs> they are a society that supposedly was formed on a dare. When mages first gained the ability to fly, one mage dared another mage to see how high he could fly and then stop flying and then fall and see how close he could get to the ground without touching it. Oh, that's pretty cool, though. So these people pride themselves on their ability to do daring feats and their society is built on kind of like friendly competition and trickery where they'll try to like dare their friends to do dangerous stunts and dangerous feats but that is what it's not aggressive it's just kind of uh like a bravado that the society runs on and that's because of their history being the first person that was a cloud dancer was this guy that you know fell within an inch of the ground and then managed to stop himself like just there you know Um, That's pretty cool. When they interact with other societies, they never touch the ground, and it requires a lot of concentration. So they're kind of um, brash and braggish because they are basically constantly doing magic just to show off because they never have to touch the ground. So what you're saying is they are annoying as heck. Yeah, yeah. They're very good at magic because they have to constantly do it to live in their society, but it's a little bit annoying. They are... The magical society that is in charge of the weather. So they are who creates weather patterns on this planet. They do have a kind of central city that most of them live in. So given that this this is a world without um, any want for anything, societies form not so much out of necessity, but because people desire a society and a place to live together with other people. So... Cloud dancers live on like a floating castle that from underneath just looks like a cloud, but to them is a structure that they can live on. And it was formed simply because they desired a society, not really because it serves any need. So the only people that really ever get up to it are cloud dancers because they're the ones that have the ability to fly and stay on board this vessel. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so that is the cloud dancers. They control the weather. They um, live on a city that's obscured by clouds, and they're kind of crazy and constantly daring each other to do stuff. And they're super annoying. They are a little bit annoying. The next group is kind of their almost the exact opposite of them, but they're still very similar. They're called the Lava Kids. Um, their motto is destruction brings creation. They mostly live beneath the surface of the planet in the molten core, Ooh. and they're magic that they focus on largely revolves around seismic activity okay so the lands that are associated with them because there are lava kid lands that are physical things on the planet not just underneath the surface is a chain of volcanic islands that are constantly erupting and shifting and moving um it means they have very fertile grant very fertile land that grows very quickly but it just as quickly gets destroyed and built up again, right? So yeah. the Lava Kids are known for being kind of hot-headed and mean and will get into fights, but it's because they kind of look at the act of destroying something as being creative. So they'll build up this island with seismic magic, create all these volcanoes to create this perfect paradise of an island, and then destroy it just as quickly. <laughs> they add a lot of value to the world, though, because if a different group of magic users ever wants to form an island or a new continent, they have to go through the Lava Kids because they're the only ones that know how to do it. Okay. Cool, All right. Cool. So the, the next, the next uh, magical society or the tr- right into the microphone so I could hear it really well. It's, it's meant for, it's meant for dramatic effect, Jordan. Yeah. I so ruined that the just next, like you ruined everything I do. The Sorry, next magical speaking? society are the tree friends. The who? The tree friends, their motto is... Are they happy? No, they're not the happy tree friends. They're just called the tree friends. Their motto is guide and grow. They are kind of the Hufflepuffs of this world. (laughs) Um, When I get to the end of all this, I'm going to explain a little bit more about the game um, that is kind of the centralized unifying event in this world. But 
they always lose every competition because their magic is very slow and they're almost thought to be the non-magical people of this world. Okay. The reason for that is that what they focus on is what they like to do is plant something and then try to influence its growth, not directly get involved with it. So the lava kids will smash an island just for the fun of it and then let it regrow and then smash it again. The land that the tree friends inhabit is a massive forest that they have been slowly guiding the growth of for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Because of this, their homeland is like the most beautiful display of magic imaginable. It is the most like picturesque magical forest with beautiful waterfalls and the whole forest is perfect to sustain human life and to house humans trees have grown into almost cities because of slow and deliberate magic that okay. has been like kind of the light touch of these wiz- these mages for hundreds of years yeah yeah but they themselves like one of them doing magic is kind of boring because it'll be like tree grow a little bit to the left you know and tree grows a little bit to the left but that's not super exciting. So they're the most low-key magical society. The next one is the Arcane University. Their motto is all will be known. Okay. They do not have a particular area of interest other than kind of an academic learning of magic. They're the most structured. They have a school and a university that accepts pupils and those pupils move up and begin to teach another generation of pupils that all kind of promote and do their own projects and gain can advance through a hierarchy within that society. So they're very rigid. They have a very classic looking city that they all live in that's very geometric and organized. Um, So very large, squarish stone buildings that have a very specific order to them. Their kind of claim to fame is that through learning rather than through dedicated study and research, they've managed to like collect knowledge that lets them do magic that would usually be reserved for another magical society. So because of that, they're kind of seen as copycats because what they'll do is study another magic society, take notes and kind of learn how to do their magic from a book rather than through years of study, like through years of dedicated study on that one thing. They can read it out of a book and kind of do it. This means that they have the closest thing to technology in this society So they've been able to magically create devices that can kind of simulate what some of the other societies can do. So they have like airships or seismic devices that harness magic to kind of do what the lava kids can do, but just Um, not as well. I'm going to toss in a yellow flag really quick. So would you say this is like science almost? It is the closest thing to science, but it is not science. It does not follow laws of physics. They still use magic. This is a warning, Cody. You, you. Know it's, that you've been It warned. is a fair yellow flag. It is a fair yellow flag. <laughs> All right. The um the next group are the travelers. Their motto is we are the roads. We are they the road. are We are the children. Is that a song? Lyric? No, we are the world is the song. Oh, okay. So they facilitate travel between all of the Would different they say societies. That life is a highway. Yeah, yeah, probably. They're they're I'm kind of that type of old dog. They're those type of mages, you know what yeah. I mean? They're those type Freaking of mages. Nerds is what we call they're them. the most isolated and they're the only society of magic users that does not have a homeland specific to them. Okay. As their motto implies, they're the roads. So they're the bridges between all these other societies and facilitate travel. As such, they're kind of the most adept at combat because they're the ones that have to deal with the shift beasts the most. Um, So their magic is very practical, um, but also kind of vague. They're very similar to Gandalf, where you're like, well, what kind of magic can Gandalf use? And it's like, well, he can throw flaming pine cones and he's hard to kill. That's what these guys (laughs) are. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, they're kind of like rangers. So, you know, ranger cloaks, staves. Huh? No, keep going. I'm just making fun of you. Just keep going. Why do you have to make fun? I like oh, this world. It's, it's a, a good fun idea. world. I like, I like your idea, dude. I just... I, me. That's fine. You, yeah, you it's fine. You, you don't like my world. Me, I won't even tell you my last... No, just my last keep going people. Like, like, rage out on you. <sighs> okay. So you want to know something funny, though? Yeah. My last my last group of people were called the Crystal Light Dancers. And then I realized that I already had the Cloud Dancers. <laughs> so I had to change it to the Crystal Light Painters <laughs> because I didn't want to use Dancers twice. The Crystal Light um, Boogie So did. the Crystal... 
they like to book right well kind of really? so the crystal light dancers um or the crystal light painters dang it <laughs> their motto is reflect and express they are the least practical kind of magic they live on the poles of the planet and spend most of their time using magic to express themselves whatever their canvas is their magic is focused on turning emotions into some kind of tangible thing, okay. whether it's creating shimmering lights above the pools or whether it is, you know, creating like beautiful fire or water effects or, you know, like making a tree that grows a certain way that's supposed to look angry. They're the artists of the world, okay. right? That is their focus in society. When a child is born, it might be born in any one of these different societies, but as it grows, it's, encouraged and expected that it will choose its own society based on its interests and it's not uncommon for people to change what society they're a part of so you might study for a while with the cloud dancers then decide you want to be a lava kid and that's not discouraged so travel between all these different societies is extremely important which is why there's like a society dedicated to facilitating movement around the world Um, given that the world is so changing and volatile because it's just all chaotic magic happening around the world, it can be dangerous to travel if you don't know what you're doing. There's also always the threat of shift beasts that are there to like rip you apart. Um, the time that all of these societies become unified, though, is the games, which is what I titled this world. Games. And so once a year, a council of people from every society gets together and comes up with a game or a challenge to put forward to the world and then teams from all the different societies get together to compete to try to achieve some goal the latest um challenge has been to create a planet so stars and the night sky is something that the arcane university has like an astronomy branch that is dedicated to like shifting the beauty of the stars but thus far no one has actually been able to create a planet that they are able to travel to okay so this year, the game is see if you can create a planet that we can inhabit. Holy crap. Which is something that no one has ever done before. So these are the types of feats that every year the world puts forward to challenge all these different societies to come together and do something like some new great feat of magic. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, right. So then, and this kind of fits into like the story that I'm going to tell about this world. Oops, sorry. Hang on. Flip into a page of notes. Um, Come on, Cody. You got this. Yeah. So, sorry. <laughs> flipping to my last page of notes. So, the way that the game started was, given that the world is so volatile, conflicts previous, like in ancient history, were very common. So, these different schools of thought around magic were always at war with each other. And destruction was so easy because of the power of these mages that... The world could be kind of like destroyed and rebuilt in a day, basically, right? Yeah. Um, so eventually people kind of started to realize that mages needed an outlet to express their magic. And that's when the game was first invented as basically like a distraction and kind of the equivalent of the Super Bowl in the United States. Okay. So it's kind of this giant spectacle thing that... Okay, yeah, it is about the notion of can we get a bunch of mages to make a planet, but it's also a big spectacle for everyone to kind of like focus and unite around. So, you know, everyone's going to cheer for their own team, but at the same time, everyone kind of comes together in this one place to watch the spectacle of mages trying to do something great as kind of an alternative way for these different groups of people to compete and express themselves. Okay, Um, yeah. So it's kind of like the Olympics of Magic World. Yeah, it's 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 very similar to the it's Olympics, very, like, right? World like unifying it's unifying event where these people can use their powers to do something spectacular. Right. And then the arena itself is almost something spectacular too because it requires like the involvement of every society of magic to create a new arena every year. So you know like the lava kids have to create a new island and then the uh, forest friends have to like populate it with trees and get it to grow right and you know what I mean so like everyone kind of comes together to make this arena where everyone competes 
and then it's just like a big festival for the world to kind of come together okay, on. That's pretty cool. Yep, that's my world. That's it's an optimistic world this week. Finally, not a bleak, dark, depressing world. And I mean, mine's not. No, bleak it's like a super fun but I do world. Throw in some bleak things, and I'm happy about it. Or oh, are you gonna be all? Are you gonna be all doom and nah, gloom this not time? Doom and gloom. Um, I really like your world. I like how lighthearted it was and just whimsical. I guess I don't usually like whimsy, but I did like. Just the lava kids and the sky dance, just the different groups, none of them are too like serious. It's not like the earthbenders versus the firebenders type thing where they were serious at their core. No, definitely not that. This was meant to be a super whimsical yeah, world. It was it was really cool. I, I, I appreciated it. Um <clears throat> we can get into that later because mine's a little bit longer, so I'm just gonna go ahead and start going now. Hopefully you actually pay attention this time. Whoa, that hurts. Oh yeah, dude. I'm slinging it out. Dude, this has just been episode of sass yeah you're just so mean Jordan to me i don't know like last episode you were mean okay <clears throat> last episode you yelled at me oh i did didn't i i'm so sorry dude yeah you did you did you know what? i'm just gonna go ahead and watch a okay. youtube no, video don't, go dude, ahead i'm listening don't. <laughs> so i'm ready to go my world's a little bit longer this week so just getting right into it so unlike cody i really didn't know what to do for building the actual world of itself so i just came up with the first thing that like actually stuck in my mind so the planet is an ellipse it spans far and wide and is shaped like a large oval because you know you know an ellipse is an oval um so hang on i have a question is it flat no it's an ellipse well it's it's fine it's a freaking football how about that is that better (laughs) but anyways Okay, also, I kind of, for my magic, you're going to see later, I kind of stole from a bunch of different properties. One of my favorites being the property I stole the most from, but you're going to see that in a little bit. So anyways, surrounding this ellipse... Wait, is this going to be Full Metal Alchemist? Smile. Surrounding this ellipse is a large light ring in which the light source of this world, a large ball of energy, travels on for infinity at night you can wait 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 a large ball of energy do you mean like a yes, sun cody just don't be as rude as i was you're always as rude as i am <laughs> so anyways at night you can see the at night you see the like faint light of the light ring and then you see the sparkles like stars from the light source this sounds like an episode of my little oh, pony so up. far and i love it so during the day you see the bright light source and the bright blue sky with clouds as usual at the very core of this planet is a giant crystal. This crystal is the source of magic in the world. The crystal is it also the source of friendship? I'm gonna put you in the throat. When I see you this weekend, I'm gonna put you <laughs> straight in the throat. So the crystal is magic and provides magic for both the inhabitants of the planet and the land around it. There is a large continent that covers about 65% of this world, and the rest is water. There are rivers and small bodies of water throughout the continent, but most of the water comes from the surrounding ocean. So it's pretty salty there. (laughs) So (laughs) I hate you so much, dude. You don't even know. I make jokes! (laughs) So in this continent, one of the wonders is there is a large tree that the inhabitants call the God Tree. This tree has been growing for thousands of years, and as legend goes, its roots reach all the way down to the core of the planet, and that is where it derives its magical power. There is a thick, deep forest surrounding this tree. Mystical and magical creatures inhabit this forest, protecting the god tree and its magic from anyone who would cause it harm. The mystical beasts include earth dragons, unicorns, ants, fairies, and dryads. What are you about to say? Okay, two things. One, when you said that there's like a thick, dark forest around the tree, I really wanted to say there's a thick, dark forest around my tree. <laughs> this is not that Anyways. podcast, Cody. Come on, bro. <laughs> oh, man. I really hope your parents listen to this and that I never meet them. <sighs> my mom's going to listen to second thing. My mom already thinks you're weird after listening to the first episode, dude. You're not. You're not. You made your mom listen to the. No, your mom. Ha- my mom actually mom. listens to the show. She likes it. Great, man. That's that's not great for me because I've said a lot of weird oh, okay. stuff on this podcast. It's fine. It's fine. Okay, so another one. You're just saying that because I'm never going to meet her. No, hang on. So wait, in this forest though, there are there are unicorns and dragons, there are right? Unicorns like earth dragons. They're kind of like made up. They look like they're made up of pieces of trees and earth, but they are still dragons. Do they eat the unicorns? No, these um, they all kind of they live in harmony. They don't really fight or attack each other. There are some land squabbles, but they kind of live on the land with each other i mean lions and zebras live in harmony and they eat the crap out of yeah, each other it, that happens but they, they it's like a mutual respect for each other 
they all have some stake in the game, so. So they all eat the trees. They eat the plants that the God Tree provides them. Gotcha. Okay, sorry, go yeah. ahead. Okay, so another wonder of this world is the Great Mountain. The core of this mountain is part of the crystal that ruptured from the crust and grew on its own. So now, after thousands of years, the crystal has become covered by earth and looks like every other mountain. This mountain is enormous and its base stretches many miles. The Great Mountain is ice-capped and is generally inhabited by dragons. There are ice dragons at the top, wind dragons that nest towards the middle of the mountain, rock dragons that nest at the bottom, and fire dragons that also inhabit this area. The dragons are usually docile, but they are very territorial. This makes this Great Mountain very hard to traverse for humankind. Yes, Cody. Jordan, where do the business dragons live? Uh, they mountain? live on Dracon and Draconis, which is a mystical world that is millions and millions of light years away. Did you not listen? By the way, all of my worlds happen in the same universe. I'm just going to throw that out there. They may be at different timelines, but they all happen in the same universe. I can't make that claim about my worlds because I have one that takes place on like a purgatorial lake. <laughs> and then I have another one that takes place on like... What was the one that was like Cthulhu oh, monsters yeah, yours was just eating on a, people that one for was no just reason? On an island. See, I pay attention when you speak. Yeah, but that my idea was it was actually on the back of like a uh, Cthulhu mine is more of a joke well, where but... they're all in the same universe because it's just, I think it's funny that you could like fly out and see like two dead dragons, or actually by that time it would be one half dead dragon and then the bones of another one. <laughs> right, with like a really boring business yeah, building just, just sitting collapsed on collapsed buildings just all around it. And there was like great... Anyway, we're not, we're not getting into... I kind of want to do an episode where we revisit worlds that we formerly built, which I think that would be fun. Or I also agree. where we right, Jordan, take keep the, going. a topic that we I thought we I, failed I, at I, and I we redo distracted. that because I have a topic that I really want to redo because I have way better ideas. Dolphin yeah, world Why would me. be yeah. the painting world. Oh, that uh, one was good. Okay, but anyway, so, sorry, no, we don't need to talk about this. Jordan, tell me more okay, about your so world. Humankind lives in the flatlands and the plains. There are small forested areas and also mountain ranges, but none of these compare to the God Tree's domain and the Great Mountain. Humankind reveres and also fears the magical creatures that live throughout this world. They see the spirits of the forest as being sages that know the secrets of the world. There are people who study these creatures and learn from them. Some are even brave enough to traverse the the God Trees Forest in the Great Mountain. So many religions have formed. Some focus on worshiping the God Trees. Some worship the Great God of the Mountain. Others, the Light Source in the Sky. There are many religions and many different sects and paths of worship. So outside of the religious and the worlds of the God Tree in the Great Mountain, humans live in communities outside of those two areas. They have created villages, towns, and cities. These cities are powered by magic. Magic is what controls this world, and the advancement of magic is how civilization grows. <laughs> the magic of this world. The land itself is flowing with magical energy. The first humans learned from watching the spirits of the forest how to utilize the magic of the land. They began drawing symbols and glyphs in order to channel the energy flow. And by connecting the lines of the glyphs and channeling a little bit of the energy from a living being, whether it be plant life or a human, the energy is activated and releasing a magic spell. Yes, I know what I did, Cody. I know what I did. But it's not it's not always ask you touching the glyph. You could use like no, you I could just use need a to, bit of plant life I just or need something to ask else. Something. I'm gonna get into a lot more of the magic, but this is just the base of it. I know I messed up and just stole. I just stole. No, but I'm just curious, though. Is there a guy that has, like, big brass no. knuckles with well, actually, one of these things drawn on it? I'll get into that. Oh, my gosh. Okay, okay. I'll get Okay, into go it. ahead. Go ahead. These glyphs started out small, only being able to summon fire or small bits of light. But as humans began to learn how to direct the magical energy through the glyphs, the spells became more elaborate. Humans began creating spells that would allow their crops and plants to grow faster, glyphs that would summon water or even move the earth. Then that even expanded into glyphs that would help refine metal, create structures, summon winds that would help them travel and fly through the air. Their magic helped them create great cities, but the growth of magic led to wars. The humans created a form of battle magic that would give them the edge on the battlefield. They used their magic to create great weapons so they could destroy each other. Finally, the spirits of the forest showed them that this would only tear the world apart. A treaty was made, and the warring states separated into their own nations to grow on their own. Hang on, hang on. I got a question about the yeah. treaty. So you said the forest spirits like showed them that battling forever wasn't going to work yeah. out, right? 
So when the treaty was signed, was there like a tree sitting there, like also with a pen in its hand, like signing the it treaty? It wasn't a tree. It was a, a tree. It was a tree nymph. It was a just. It was pretty much a fairy. Is that a sexy tree? No, no, no. It was. Just, it's not like. It's is not that like what a tree nymph is? Tree like... sitting outside. It was more of a humanoid tree person sitting there. I get you. It's a, it's a sexy tree person. I understand. Me, I could probably Why find. Do you always do this to me. Wait. Well, I don't know, man. You just like put furry I stuff in all your things. I I quit. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> okay, so anyways, I, I I quit, dude. What are you talking about? We're having a good time. You're I'm having fun a good time, and I I'm not taking it well. I I hate you. <laughs> what? You don't okay. hate me, Jordan? I'm like your only I, friend. I have like two other friends. Oh my gosh. I have Mel and my mom. Okay, so I just Googled tree nymphs. They're pretty hot. Oh my gosh, why are you doing this to me? Every time. I'm just going to stop making anything humanoid. Everything's just going to be... When you said a tree sitting there, it's just a stupid tree. It's a freaking maple tree. They had a walking maple tree. Just it's make tree beard from Lord of the Rings was sitting there. <laughs> Full-size tree beard sitting there at a small He has a certain kind of appeal to him. Full-size tree beard. I really want to see if there's like Treebeard slash fic. You know what I mean? <laughs> you almost made me spit my water, dude. Oh my gosh. True. I just want that dude, to exist so bad. Man. Oh gosh, this episode. It's going to be, be like another some, really long be episode like... because of this crap. <laughs> so the two. Oh, I'm going back into it. The two great nations that now exist are the nation of Valin, which symbol is a great griffin, and Silen, which symbol is a great sea serpent. Silent is the nation closest to the ocean, while Valen is closest to the middle of the continent near the God Trees Forest. Within these two nations, <laughs> laws were made against battle magic, and magic was now only to be used to promote the growth and development of humankind. Humans between the age of 1 and 16 are only allowed to use and practice simple basic magic, such as light and heat. At age 16, you are permitted to attend magic schools in order to increase your knowledge. Depending on your path through magic school, you are either permitted to continue learning magic or sent off to certain jobs that fit your specialty of magic. In each nation, there are libraries and organizations that are responsible for creating new and powerful magic that will change the world as we know it. These schools and libraries are run by sages, those elders who have massive knowledge of the magic of this world. On the other hand, the governments of Valens and Silence are run by elders who don't necessarily have to be powerful magicians. These elders hold their government positions for life and act as lawmakers and judges. Laws change from nation to nation, but there are universal laws that exist, such as the laws against battle magic and the age limit. There is a very strict law enforcement that is run by the hunters, those magicians who will hunt down criminals. Depending on the crime, they are allowed to use magic to kill the criminal on sight. Uh-oh. Anything with those two paragraphs? Because I know you like to interrupt me. Well, you know, I want to say stuff, but whenever I do, you yell at me and then say no, you no, don't no. want to do the podcast Dude, with me can, anymore. So you, know. you can say what I just I feel like it can't be a, a conversation bit, anymore. You it know, is a bit. Just, I don't. You know, it doesn't oh feel like gosh. a bit. You don't have emotions. I know you don't. It have feels emotions. like I'm a bit to you. <gasps> you don't mean that. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so what's up? Do you have any comments on the last two paragraphs? No, I didn't oh. actually have anything to say. I'm I felt like I was actually being mean to you, and I was going to apologize, but then you just no. came out and showed that you're an idiot. You're, dude, you're... No, now you are being dude, mean. You know Keep you're going smarter with your me, story. I'm interested. I don't know that. I've done a lot of very stupid yeah, like things. Yeah, like chicken, but we can See, talk about that making a chessboard. What did you say about you, a chicken in me? You ate chicken once it got really sick. Oh, I, I thought you said something <laughs> No, that is not this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so oh, not man. everyone can use the magical glyphs because either they aren't magical enough, quote unquote, or they lack the skill or know how to really create their own glyphs. You mean muggles? No, no not necessarily muggles, but they aren't. It's people that That's are so not lame. good at magic. Like it would be like say, yeah, muggles. say there's a magician who could make a spell that builds a staircase. And like using what builds a staircase, uh-huh. or there's a magician who tries to do that same thing and just ends up like maybe like a little piece of wood stands up. 
You know, sometimes people so have the way performance issues. In this world is that the magic flows through the earth, and you use these glyphs to kind of channel the energy. So you have to have a know-how on how to channel the energy correctly. So each line is directing the energy in a different way. So if you do not have that know-how, I get you. It just completely fails. So not everybody is intelligent. So there's like there's people who are good at math, and there's people who cannot do like ten times ten in their head. Yeah, me, I can't do ten times ten in my head. Anyways, um, was that you trying to like showboat to me? Let's do this, dude. Good job, nerd. How does yeah. that? How helpful one is eight, that? I have a calculator one on my phone. Point one two five. Let's do this. I know fractions and decimals, man. I would be good at magic, is what I'm saying. And you would be very bad at magic. <laughs> My world was made I was, for me I was because waiting, I like this... drawing, like lines and symbols. I was gonna say, Jordan, did you make this world just so you could be better at magic? Than no, I it was wasn't that, the like, goal, the goal, but it's like world. the magical world that I would want to live in. So, like seeing Full Metal Alchemist, I would love to be in that world, being able to do that kind of magic and study it. And so, I tr- kind of that's why this world is created around that idea of like drawing a symbol, touching it with either your hands or using something to channel that energy, and then creating something. I got you. Okay, you can keep no, going. I'll stop interrupting you. Not really. <laughs> yeah, it already is. But go ahead. I'm listening. Okay, so like I said, not everybody can use magic or they don't have the know-how. So because of that, researchers began creating magical items. These magical items are made up of strong materials that have glyphs drawn on them in order to channel magic themselves. The first magical item was a self-heating pan. It uses simple fire magic to heat up the pan, allowing someone who is inept at fire magic to be able to channel fire in order to cook. From there, magical items became more advanced, such as levitation boots, magical wands that come with preset of spells, invisibility cloaks, flying machines, various vehicles, and other items that would help increase the ability of a human. Wait, 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 wait. We can't just skip past flying machines. I want details. Do they have witches brooms? Do they have what? Witches brooms? Yeah, stuff like that. But they're magical items, and I'm Sweet. getting to how these one. magical items work. So, okay, so okay, I'm magical... still listening. I just wanted to know if it was a <laughs> magic broom. So the magical items are usually expensive and more popular amongst the affluent who simply don't have time to learn magic. Are they all British, too? Somehow. <laughs> yes, and. <laughs> kind of nationalist of you. So the magical items have a limit use, oh, limited use, though. The flow of energy that allows magic to be crea- created takes a toll on the object. After so many uses, the glyphs burn through the object and make them unusable. Because of this, the top-tier magicians, wizards, and scavengers have been searching for materials that would lengthen the use of magical items and or allow them to be used infinitely. They have ventured to, great, uh, to the Great Mountain in order to obtain stronger materials, following the myths about the cross being made of powerful crystals Uh, but there's dragons up there exactly so sneaking past or simply battling the mountain's population of dragons has allowed the inhabitants to harvest some of the foundation of the mountain this foundation yields powerful materials that last a lot longer than those previously used this quest is dangerous so the materials are very very expensive and very rare the more they harvest the closer they get to the crust so eventually they will get to items that are like pure magic and will be super powerful but they're not quite there yet. They're still harvesting and fighting dragons. Dragons are hard to kill. <laughs> As we discovered and discussed on our dragon episode. Well, yeah, what you have to do is wait until they're by the like, water cooler or they're on their like, <laughs> up, lunch dude. break. You know, and then you just stab them in the back. Or really what you do is you fire them on a Friday. Yeah, and, and then they really just don't come in on Monday. cut their freaking head off. Wow, I was just going to fire them, but <laughs> oh, I was you really took it all the way there. So... Now we're getting into, I did a lot of magic building, by the way. So now we're getting into just really the thick of it. The game of magic changed with the birth of the marked ones. The marked ones are those who the magical energy of the world flows through naturally. Their bodies are the catalyst for the magic. They do not need to draw glyphs on the ground or on objects because they can use magic on their own. But the caveat being, this magic is harder to control. These marked ones have drawn glyphs on their bodies to help control the flow of their own magic, thus giving the names the marked ones. These marked ones have the ability to create magic that is far more powerful than anything ever discovered because their bodies and minds control the flow of magic rather than just the lines of the glyphs. They can uncover and tap into magical secrets just by thinking. They are truly connected to the core of this world. 
but they need to be careful because using magic that is too powerful for them can destroy their bodies, killing them. Can it also cause them to be like bound to a suit of armor? No. Or like lose a leg? No, no, no. So being marked isn't necessarily genetic or passed down. Rather, it seems you are chosen at random by the planet's core, which is how the legend started. So when the first marked one was discovered, he had hundreds of tattoo, tattooed glyphs on his body that helped him control powerful battle magic. He became a powerful criminal, killing many people. Due to this, the marked ones became feared and prosecuted. The people who... Uh, sorry, the people without this power, known as the unmarked, began to fear the marked as demons or an uncontrolled evil. The spirits of the forest, never seeing anything quite like them, warned against letting the marked ones just strive. So the marked ones are per- uh, persecuted by either being thrown into jail, killed, or dissected to be studied. They went into hiding. Whoa, 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 what? whoa! Pumpy brakes. That just went way off the rails there. Why? Okay, I get killed and imprisoned and then what they just cut them up into bits they, they are trying to figure out how this magic is flowing through the body thought at first was maybe there is a crystal within their body so they cut them up to see what oh. is different about these marked ones what gives them the ability to channel this energy through themselves you know jordan if i lived in this world i would probably be shooting up on crystals all the time you know what i mean just like grind them up snort them up there get all high on magic so anyways they went into hiding at first to blend in with the unmarked but parents would turn their kids in and friends or family members would do the same whoa yeah it becomes cutthroat at this point they have now grown in numbers and using their powerful magic they have sought their own refuge they have created two small cities and have escaped the reaches of the unmarked there is a city in the sky that was created by the marked ones of the nation of balans they use powerful wind magic to keep the city afloat and powerful water magic mixed with air magic in order to create a dense fog that surrounds the city and keeps it hidden. This city is called Illyria. In the ocean is a city created by the marked ones of Silen. The city sits on a rock formation in the middle of the water. It is far below sea level, but around it is a complete drop-off into a seemingly bottomless pit. Because of this pit, the ocean continues to fall around the city, creating an infinite waterfall. There is no bridge out and no way to move in or out of the city without using powerful marked magic. The city is called Aquas. These two cities have become mere legends to the unmarked and have become sort of the dream of Nirvana for the marked ones who still grow up in the lands of the unmarked. So I am close to the end of the story, but I'm once again going to introduce one last form of magic. And this is my story, by the way. I was cast out as a child. They said they were protecting me. They said I would be killed because of what I could do. No, what I would learn to do with my abilities. Knowing nothing, I ran and hid like a scared animal until I was taken again. I was taught how to harness what I had been given. Through them, my new family, I learned who I truly was, what I truly was. I learned that I was marked, touched by the Earth's core. Those were the happiest days of my life, when I was loved for who I was. But then they were taken from me by those who called themselves heroes of the great nations. They burned down our village, took everything from me. So again, I found myself fleeing from their grasp. I ran so far that I found myself deep within the God Trees forest. The forest taught me one thing. To obtain true power, sometimes you have to destroy something beautiful. Sometimes to receive is to take by force. The beasts of the forest are revered to many as gods, but to me, they are not but a catalyst for true power. This power can do all sorts of things to the human body. Twist it, control it, poison it, weaken it, and even break it. The unmarked call these curses, hexes, and magic from the deep, but I know the truth. This is the only thing that will grant me freedom, grant us freedom. We must use this deep magic to obtain what was stolen from us at birth, our freedom. Come with me and I shall open your world to new possibilities. So this story is about the introduction of dark magic, or as they call it in this world, magic of the deep. It started from a young magician, Ender, whose family discovered his ability as an unmarked. But instead of letting him be captured or killed or studied, they told him to run far, far away because they truly loved him. Like, they truly cared about him. So they're like, get out of here before before the hunters find out and kill you. So he was taken in by a small gathering of of the marked ones who taught him everything there is to know about magic. So Ender had a knack for magic and grew to use advanced magic very quickly. He was at the level of some of the sages before the village was attacked. 
Everyone in his village was killed and the village was burnt to the ground. But Inder managed to escape deep into the God Tree's forest. Okay, so that is where Ender learned to use powerful and deadly magic, he would have to kill magic beasts of the forest and use their bodies as a catalyst for what would later be deemed as dark magic. Because the animals of the forest are seen as sacred, when they are killed by, by negative energy, their bodies become corrupted, thus creating a dark magic. He started by using the parts from a unicorn, mainly its horn to create a, magic, a powerful magic wand that allowed him to create dark curses. These curses are dangerous and completely alter or destroy the human body. So since his discovery, Inder has gained many followers and apprentices who want to help him take down the hierarchy of Silence and Valens, creating a society where the marked ones do not have to hide in the sea or the clouds. He wants to basically create a unified city of marked people who can live out in the open that don't need to hide. The marked ones who are in the hidden cities see him as a threat, but do not always step in to fight him as he poses no threat to them currently, just to silence and balance. He's seen as being evil, as being this super dark wizard, but like the people, the marked ones who hide, they don't necessarily step in to fight him. They're just like, okay, we understand why you're doing what you're doing. So they pretty much let him have his own reign. So that... That was the story of Ender. He is the first dark wizard in this world, but he definitely won't be the last. And that's my world. I like it. I'm a yeah. fan. Killing magical animals gives you the power to destroy the human body. Hey, man, I've always wanted to eat a unicorn heart. I mean, I'm all oh, about man, it. I should have put in how like feasting on the body gives him special powers, but oh, well, world's over. I can't do that. All right, so you ready for me to roll some roll roll our next world, man? I'm all about yeah, it. Dude. I'm ready to I'm go. Excited. Got Hold the roll on, chart up here right so now. Judge you. Okay, if okay. you roll a you 1 or 20, I'm going to punch you in the throat. I rolled an 11. Space Odyssey. We, I think that's you. It's funny because 11 was what we rolled last time for Magic Only. Okay, well, what's Space Odyssey? Okay, Elaborate. So space Odyssey is pretty much any type of thing set off in space. We're not like you can set up many planets, but we're not focusing on one planet or one world. So think of things like Star Wars or Cowboy Bebop or um, Star Trek, something deep in space. I gotcha. I like it. I actually really wanted to do a space world. Like, I did not cheat. I actually rolled an 11, but because of reading space romance novels, uh, I'm, I'm all into that, that idea right that now. Of worms again. But yeah, so Space Odyssey is what I want to do next. I'm excited because I already have a couple of ideas for this. But yeah, you can do anything in the expansive world of space, but do not focus on one planet. Maybe that planet is like, the um, movie Interstellar where you're like traveling off to find other planets. Yeah, sure. But just do something in space. Have some type of space odyssey. Finally, after what? 10 weeks? Almost 11, after 11 weeks, we finally roll one that I created. Well, we roll, we roll oh, the, the ones yeah, that you've 50 created. Years after a natural disaster was like the last thing I thought of like, whatever, let's throw it on there. This one is one that I've been wanting to do for a while. This one, Magic and you Science. Know, I'm going to level with you, Jordan. Some of your worlds are going to be tough like, to do. Like which ones? And we can work on like changing them. Which ones do you think are going to be tough? No, no, I don't want to change them. I'm just like going to be um, a board game world. Yeah, that one, that one I put on, that one's going to be hard for me. <laughs> we might, I might move that to number um, one. I like the world life cycle, create a world from beginning to end. Oh, that's yeah, so fine. I'm, I'm gonna switch that with the board game world. So a board game world will be our no, no, no. Leave board game world. I'm I I want to do it just because I'm really curious what yeah. we'll end up with. A board game world. What else is there? Anything else that's like worrying you right now? Uh, let me see. The anime world will be kind of fun. <laughs> the world will be a lot of fun because you can just go ridiculous with it. Fully cool. Do you know what my world's gonna be what? called? Do you, Do you know what my Something world's gonna be anime. called? Jiggle yeah, physics. That's what I thought you were gonna say. Oh crap. <laughs> okay, Mr. Romance Novel, make fun of me for liking anime, why don't you? Uh, man, I watch anime too, though. Yeah, we're, we're all trash, all trash people. Movies. It's okay. Um, I think a world after time travel becomes available will be a little bit hard, but I think that will be fun. Because that's kind of like loop. Yeah, the idea of weird. looper is kind of how I thought of that one. Yeah, so it's One Direction. That makes sense. I, but One Direction, like the band. <laughs> what else? Next hit teen dystopian. That was drama. one that I put on from the very beginning because I'm excited because I was like I, reading Hunger Games and things I like that. It. It's just like we have all these just like teens stand up and save the world. Maze Runner is like that too. So I want to do the next hit teen dystopia. I think that will be a very fun one. I I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, no. S slowly, we're moving into pretty much 
almost every idea on this is one of my ideas. Yeah, because I, I made the well, original robots, list and then you okay, replaced it. Okay, so the it, ones that so. are yours are um, Dream of the Co-Host. It's Apocalypse right now. The World... Wait, no. That was mine. Magic and Science. Robots. Rethink Physics. <laughs> was one of my topics just robots? Yes. I made fun of you episode one for that, by the way. Volcanoes for days, and that's all. <laughs> so you have six worlds left, and the rest of the 14 are mine. I'm taking over. You can you can tell when I stopped having ideas and I put in something like volcanoes for days. See, but I'm excited for robots because anything can happen with that. That's such a broad topic. A lot of my ideas are a little bit more like narrow, so we'll see how that goes once they start rolling more of mine. But um, yeah. Anyways, what was this topic again? Because I already forgot. Space oh, Odyssey. Yeah, sorry. Space Odyssey. Okay. Ground control to Major Tom. Space Odyssey. Oh my god! Uh-huh. We can do a world where Ziggy Stardust uh-huh. exist. Oh, I'm sad now. Oh. What are you going to bring up Dude, David Bowie? Awesome. Hello, Bowie. Okay, so that's the end of this another long episode. Check out the bonus episode on Ready Player One. It's fun. We nerd rage for about 30 minutes. I get angry at everything. I spit Cody on my microphone. brings up the book, the book, the book, but a movie is not a book, now is it? Okay, you know, I was bringing up the book to highlight the ways that you were right. <laughs> you know, this, this is what happens with you, Jordan. I agree with you in a conversation, and then you get oh, mad dude, at me I because I talked about a book. It's the theory of nerd rage where it's like, I have to be angry because this does not fit my perspective of being a nerd. <laughs> this this shows a different way of looking at things. It makes me uncomfortable. Jordan. But yeah, yep. anyway, so it's been fun. Jordan you says. can check you can check me out on Twitch. I actually never really get on Twitch, so I might stop saying that, but until I actually start doing Twitch. But you can check Cody out on the Wandering Gamer Network. I'm working on a couple of projects that will take me a while, but they'll get there. So you'll be, look out for those. Those will be really fun. Um, And other than that, check us out next week when we talk about Space Odysseys. I'm excited. Let's close it out. See everybody next week. Bye. Bye.